Welcome to the Mike Litton Experience Podcast. Mike has over 31 years experience in real estate, finance, and investing. He's passionate about being a father, a teacher, a realtor, an investor, and a leader. Everyone has a story, and our passion is to help them tell it. And now, introducing the host of the Mike Litton Experience, Mike Litton. So what can you expect from the Mike Litton Experience? You can expect stories that will inspire, motivate, advice that will sharpen your focus, and expert information on real estate, finance, and market conditions. Sal Panici, thank you so much for being our guest on the Mike Litton Experience. From the bottom of my heart, I cannot thank you enough for being here. So we, like we talked about before we hit record, we everybody has a story and our passion is to help them tell it. So with your permission, we're going to start with where you were born and then go all the way up to today. And then we can talk about what you're working on for today and or tomorrow. Okay. Sure. Sounds great. Thanks for being here, buddy. So well, thanks for having me. Where were you born? Oh, where I was born in Patterson, New Jersey. Okay. My father actually grew up with uh, Lou Costello. Those people who don't know Abbott and Costello. Um, and I, I grew up by the Passaic Falls, which is the highest falls on the East Coast, other than Niagara. Yeah. Um, what else? It was a wonderful place to grow up at that point in time, no longer. Um, sorry, wow. Patterson. Yeah. And right now, right now, I live in Woodland Park, which used to be called West Patterson, and they spent over a million dollars to change it to Woodland Park. So they created us in, into a cemetery uh, to disassociate themselves with Patterson. Mm -hmm. And now we're so you know, Pattersonians are slowly, in, you know, infiltrating Woodland Park as well. <laughs> so it did no, it did no good. Making the move over. <laughs> so have you really uh, been there your entire life? Yeah, I've been in this area my entire life. That the house oh. I uh, used to be my grandmother's, um, and back in the '30s, I think she bought it for like five thousand yeah. dollars. So it's it's gone through a few remodels, uh, and it's worth a little bit more than five thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah, because I come back when cars, you know, a Cadillac used to cost five thousand dollars, brand new. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's we've I've seen a lot of changes over the years that just amaze me. Yeah, it's been amazing, huh? So let me ask you this. So growing up, who was the most influential person to you in your life? Um, I guess my mom. Okay. Um, I have to say, I mean, I, I wrote about her in a book I, I wrote called A Life Well Lived. Okay. And apparently there are a lot of lives well lived. I didn't research the title. Yeah. But if anybody's interested, you can go on Amazon and put my name along with it and it'll come up. Perfect. Uh, she she was a unique individual, yeah. uh, a no nonsense lady. Nobody really could put anything over on her. She's totally American. She's uh, first generation here. Yeah, uh, but she married the wrong man. Oh, I guess um, he's the reason why I'm here. But still, as far as marriage goes, she married the wrong man. He was an alcoholic and a gambler, and the two together, the one alone is bad. Two together is. Yeah, a disaster. Yeah. So, you know, many nights we three kids woke up to them fighting and her sliding across the kitchen floor. 
because he punched her or whatever. Finally, she got up the nerve. I was thinking it was about 10 ish mm -hmm. uh, to throw him out. And sadly enough, his belongings ended up going into one green garbage bag. Mm -hmm. So at that point, that she didn't want to go on welfare. Uh, she was not at that point. She was not the right color to be on welfare. Unfortunately, uh, race, race, racism was even prevalent back then. Yeah. Um, so she had a job. She was a, a crossing guard, and finally, she ended up working in a institution for uh, physically deformed children. Hmm. And she absolutely loved it. She loved going to work. She loved working overtime, uh, and it kind of gave her a purpose in life to. I guess give back yeah. to these kids that, that kind of were abandoned just because of their physicality. Yeah. Um, but she learned to drive, which not a lot of women back then drove. Mm -hmm. She was Miss Leadfoot. I mean, it, you, you see her car coming, and it was, she was gone. And my brother was in law enforcement, and everybody knew her car that was associated with law enforcement in the area. And she stopped getting tickets because of my brother. <laughs> but, but, she, but she was she was certainly a speed demon um and yeah my mother would never say not do anything but she she would say you really want to do that you oh. know that that kind of a thing yeah and then that gave you pause to think do i really want to do that um it, sorry that i kind of she loved the theater she loved broadway and yeah. we went in a lot she she joined Broadway ticket societies where they have bus rides and whatever to go in. Um, she was a great audience, you know, for that. Um, and I have some stories in the book about her and, and our, our trip, you know, into, into the city. Um, but yeah, I mean, she insisted that I, yeah, we didn't have any money for special things, you know, growing up, but a local high school, um, was an expensive high school. It was a private high school back then. And my brother went there for two years. He got kicked out because it was my brother. Oh. He, had, he had his own issues. Um, but then she insisted I go there, even though she couldn't pay for it. And I was uh, touting myself. I was a very good student, mm -hmm. primarily because we didn't have, we couldn't afford TVs here and there. So I had nothing else to do but study. Right. And at that point they really couldn't expel me because i was their best student in that particular grade oh so the, the salesians kind of worked along with me and every every first of the month that they call out people whose payments were late and i was always on that list hmm. but i got through four years of, of don bosco tech no longer exists mm -hmm. um great guidance counselor who, who became a very good friend you know father paul uh, he actually filled out college uh, applications for me because I had no desire to go. I, I couldn't afford to go to college. Right. Um, so I ended up going to Seton Hall based on his pushing me. And I ended up going to Seton Hall University and I only spent about $2,000 for the whole four-year education. Wow. Yeah. So it was, what it was a one thing. Yeah. Yeah. You don't think about these things until you're way past them, but yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you appreciate it. You know, yeah, absolutely. Like you absolutely. appreciate your mom, you appreciate that, right? Because he didn't have to do that. He didn't have no, to. No, absolutely that not. Was, that was all pure love, baby. That was yep. all pure love. Yep.
and that's, that's why really you, everybody everybody needs to give back or help out whatever they can. Yeah, well, I agree with that, and that's you know that's part of what we do with our podcast is we get people's stories, and what we find is there are people that God throws in their path, okay, and they you know when when like whenever when these people who are accomplished, highly accomplished in whatever it is they're doing, don't have the time, but they make the time to pull a young person aside and say, hey, you're doing this wrong. Hey, you need to go this way instead of that way, right? Our mission, because they poured into us, is to pour into other people, right? Pay it right. forward. It's what we yeah. do, right? Absolutely. I'll bet you to this day you do that. I'll bet to this day you do that. And I'll bet you do it in honor of all those people that helped you, including your mom, including that father, right? All those people that helped you, right? You pay it forward because, I mean, that's probably part of why you wrote the book. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. By the way, if you'll email me the link to your book in on Amazon, we'll put that in the description so people can go to it. Okay. Okay. So, um, so what did you have a favorite subject in high school? Um, it wasn't sports. <laughs> <laughs> and we have pretty good sports teams. I, I was the type of sports person that everybody um, made a fuss about not to have them on their team. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So that that didn't work out. Uh, I was an architectural draftsman. I guess that was my my high school preparatory major if you will yeah. that was fun um the, the brother that taught that was an excellent artist he was he just unbelievable um i think he was from yugoslavia but it, you know he, he he was a character um i, I loved english I, I you know in school i was an english minor in okay. college i was an english minor um and i had a great math teacher i'm, yeah. I'm and again i'm not a math person but he can make you understand calculus and um, algebra and, and everything else. And then he passed away. He passed away when he was a junior. Oh, so wow. it's, it's, yeah, but it, there are people that if they have a grasp of it and can impart it to others, are, they're really, really special people. Oh yeah, they absolutely are. I totally agree with that. So, so you, you got your degree from Seton Hall, your, your degree in what? I was a communication major. Oh, okay. Okay, from, cool. From, yeah, I always wanted to work in TV in some way, shape, or form. Okay. And when I graduated, I don't know if you know the name, Bob Wessler used to be a big muckety-muck at CBS in New York. Okay. And he was, he was a graduate of Seton Hall. Okay. Um, this was Vietnam time, and I was yeah. either going to be drafted or have to join the National Guard. Either way, I was out of pocket for like six months. Right. And by the time I got back, uh, he was transferred to Chicago. So that oh, wow. that... That went out the window, uh -huh. and yeah, I, I worked in Prudential Insurance. They did uh, training tapes for their sales force, so I worked on productions for that. But then their production season ended, uh -huh. and every two to three years, I found myself working in industrial advertising. Okay, uh, and then a very good friend of mine who worked at the last company, industrial advertising, that I worked at, uh, said, "Why don't you try retail? They never lay anybody off." So at that point, we had a newspaper here called the Newark Star Ledger. And every Sunday they had the, the wanted ads. Mm -hmm. And there was one, it was a blind ad um, from a retailer 
they were looking for somebody who was a self-starter and um, had initiative. And, you know, he went, it went on and I said, oh, I guess that could be me. Yeah. So I, I applied to it. And two weeks later, I got the call from the human resource person. And he said, we want to interview down in SQL office. Um, at that point in time, the, the, the retailer was actually Toys R Us. Oh, wow. And at that point in time, their Northeast regional office was located in Secaucus. Okay. So, so I, I ended up going into the training program. Um, and you would train in a month in each of the stores, basically in the market. Mm -hmm. uh, you meet a lot of interesting people. Yeah. Um, yeah and your responsibilities change. You see how the, you, different management styles what works and what really doesn't work yeah uh, it's at least for you for me um so i i worked in boys toys um i worked in electronics the, those are the areas of the stores that i was responsible for and then i worked one season as an assistant manager in the totowa store totowa new jersey Mm -hmm. which was near my house. So that, that worked out well because you work in these God awful 18 hour days yeah. you know, during Christmas. Um, and then I was transferred as a manager to the Paramus store. And at that point there was only one Paramus store and it was on route four and it was the main artery from New York city into New Jersey. And okay. so we had a lot of, lot of shoppers from New York city area come, you know, down that bus route. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so again, you, you see a lot of different temperaments depending. And then I ended up being quote unquote promoted to human resources in the market. Mm -hmm. And what, one of my areas was New York. So it included New York state as well as the boroughs. Okay. And I mean, the boroughs are 10, 13 miles apart from each other. And it's yeah. like th three different worlds. Yeah. yeah. Long Island is kind of metropolitan, more so like New Jersey. Brooklyn, forget it. <laughs> Brooklyn, Brooklyn is what well, at that point was Brooklyn. Yeah, you know, it's like the the, the man the store managers gave everything back that customers gave to them. Oh, yeah, wow. you know? and good, bad, or indifferent. At that point in time, we took back any toy as long as we sold it. We didn't care where they bought it mm -hmm. and in what condition it was because you had deals with the manufacturers. They took back whatever. Sure, um, but in Brooklyn, you didn't do that. And especially if you came in thinking that you were entitled and you're on your high horse because for whatever reason, the store manager definitely would not take it back. Right. So, but yeah, the, the languages- so walk into Brooklyn Toys R Us with an yeah. with attitude, right? Yeah, especially flap, Flatbush <laughs> <laughs> at that point in time. It's uh, not gonna get you anywhere. Yeah, there's one by Coney Island, which was a little bit, a little bit more mellow, but Flatbush, forget. Yeah. But wow. Uh, and then I ended up going to corporate again. People, you know, at the local level. I mean, they could lay me off if, as as the years go by, the staffing decreases or increases in different areas of, right. yeah, you know, but of the area market. Right. So they didn't need three you know, human resource manager anymore, since I was the last on the totem pole, gotcha. uh, they moved me into inventory control. Okay. And at that point it was placing the, the newspaper ads for the week um, for the sales and all that stuff. That was number one duty. But then I had my own sections of toys to, to distribute and break out to the stores as well. Okay. And that, because 
I ended up working with corporate advertising for the ads. Um, they had a manager that was from Detroit and he was, he, he just not, did not get acclimated to the New York area. Oh, wow. and, and his wife wanted to go back to Detroit because that's where they came from. He was actually part um, Cherokee or whatever, whatever the, the Indian tribe in the Detroit area was. Okay. And so he was able to take, I think, participate in their land grant for oh, that God. for that for that area okay. so they, they moved back to Detroit but in, you know in the meantime I, I took over um, his job functions at corporate okay and so I spent the next 25 years at at Toys R Us corporate wow wow <laughs> well, maybe it was in 25 it was 23 ish 25 26 seven years altogether. five in the in the, in the market and the rest was at corporate so what was your favorite thing about working for Toys R Us all that time? Uh, wasn't the salary. <laughs> it wasn't the salary at all. Re retail that didn't win me point. over. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But they, you know, and, and again, if retailers at that point, you, you had uh, all, all the benefits included, they, they added as part of your salary. So you had the medical, you had the 401k, um, you had uh, stock options, which at some point there, there were secretaries who ended up being millionaires because of the stock options they received at the founding of Toys R Us. Yeah. At this point, um, I think I I worked five years and then Toys R Us became public, so it was a to it was a totally different story. And you know, you can meet your projections, but then also other corporate other departments need to meet theirs and if they don't meet theirs obviously yours meeting yours didn't really mean that it didn't right. mean anything yeah. so you never really got rewarded the way you should have at least yeah. i never did yeah. um but it was a, a lot of interesting people a lot of lovely people uh, a lot of helpful people um i giving back i had a few people that Lorette is, was one of the ladies. She always wanted to work in uh, non for profit, and we were doing something with. Um, oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. I forget the uh, non for profit now, but it was um, anyway. I, I they were looking for somebody, and and the guy came in for to talk about something, some sort of sponsorship, and as at the end, he said, "Do you know anybody who might want to work here?" Um, because you know we need somebody for the New York market, mm -hmm. and and I knew my, my she was my assistant at the time. I said, well, I I know somebody who would love to. Um, so she went in for an interview. She was really, really, really a smart lady and very good at Excel, which I wasn't. Um, and she ended up getting you know the job. It ended up changing her life because she ended up living in a complex. Uh, near the Holland Tunnel. Mm. She actually went on a cruise because it was a promotion for her. So she was able to go on a cruise and she met her husband on the cruise. Oh, that's so it was awesome. a total life-changing experience for her. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it when things like that happen. So, you, so you're with Toys R Us for almost three decades. Yes. And what happens after Toys R Us? After Toys R Us, along the way, their mass layoffs and whatever at corporate. Yeah. Um, 
And I, somehow it, it never affected me. And all of a sudden one day, I, I it, in the book that I'm writing about this, I, I call it the Korean invasion because uh, the head of our department was Korean. And then she brought in her best friend who was Korean who ended up being my director. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, friction occurs sometimes when you, you don't even try to make it happen that yeah. way. It's just like we had a personality conflict that nobody, it's nobody's fault. We just yeah. didn't you know, get along, I guess. Yeah. And so after about a year, I got called into, into the, her office one day with, you know, and again, you have to schedule meetings. So this was not a scheduled meeting for anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I through her window, I saw a personnel manager. I said, whoops, this is my time. I know it is. And it was, it was, you know, and, and New Jersey was never a right to work state, yeah. but for their own edification and, and coverage, they have to give reasons why, you know, we're letting you go. You know, and the reasons are always, well, you did this three years ago. You did this 10 years. It's, it's like, well, what did I do this year? I didn't do anything wrong this year. Right. So it's, so, you know, she, she, they gave me a month and they wanted to give me a going away party. I said, why, why, why would I do that? You fired me. I don't want right. a going away party. Right. So um, I had to end up spending that month writing all my job description or writing a job description for what I was doing. Right. Everybody that I was dealing with at that point in time. I mean, you're my director. You should know this, mm-hmm. but, um, but after to answer your question, after Toys R Us, uh, unemployment was there again. Um, and it was about to run out. And I saw, and again, start North star ledger. I saw another ad in retail um, looking for somebody part-time to fill in for somebody who was on maternity leave. Mm-hmm. So it was Macy's and I covered men's, she covered men's private brands for Macy's. Yeah. So I ended up getting the job. It was a temporary position. Thank God she decided not to come back. So it ended up being a full-time position. There you go. Um, so I worked for Macy's in, in that capacity for about seven, eight years. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, at that point, I think I was early 50s. Mm-hmm. And so eight years into it is 58. And when they laid, they did they did away with their, you know, the man, man, manager program that covered private brands. Okay. So they gave the option of doing something else or, or taking their package. So I took the package. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at 58, nobody's going to, nobody wants to hire you unless, unless you're a vice president or yeah, a director or something with a higher title on it. Right. So um, it, unemployment was about to run out again. And um, the, the, the person who did what I did in North Jersey and South Jersey called me and said, do you know unemployment will pay you to retrain in jobs that are in demand as if you were working in a job that was no longer in demand and advertising marketing did not come in under in demand any longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I said, no, I didn't know that. So I talked to my local unemployment person and at the very, very bottom, it was, it's mostly medical background jobs like medical billing and you know, phlebotomy and off, you know, medical assistance, office assistance of some sort. And at the very bottom was massage therapy. So they increased my, I always wanted to try that. Okay. Uh, so they, they in, 
increase my unemployment for another two months or, or allow me to have unemployment for another uh, four months. I'm sorry, four months. Right. Uh, training for massage therapy was six months. So it, it kind, of, kind of worked out. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, so you get into massage therapy, right? So you enjoyed it? I do. You talk about massage ther therapy. I mean, in my opinion, they're trying to make it more than what it is. They, they make us go through continuing education uh, courses. Like every two years in New Jersey, you renew your license, but you have to have 20 some odd continuing education courses. At some point, you cease to learn anything by these courses. There's only yeah. so much that you could learn. Right, the art of repetition, right? Every, everything, everything else is technique. Yeah. So that that aside, um, you do meet a lot of interesting people. One thing they didn't tell you in massage school is, you know, um, most people want a woman therapist and not a guy therapist for whatever the reason. Hmm. Um, so I worked at a hand in stone for two years. And like the average woman technician there would get maybe six you know, massages a day. Mm -hmm. uh, I would maybe get one or you know, if I were lucky, I would get two. Wow. Uh, and and, and you know, even if they decided to be your regular client, you know, they, they come in once a month or once every two months, yeah. depending on what package they had. So at, at, after two years, it was kind of mutual agreement that I should leave. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I left. Um, and yeah, I do it part-time for spending money, but it, it, it's, I, I feel like I am imparting some sort of energy, some sort of healing to people. Yeah. And, and it's true. I, I, I've seen the people who really know what they're doing in Ayurvedic massage and, and any, you know, any Eastern or, or Asian type of therapy, um, those things really, really work. Yeah. I mean, they're they're clearing they're clearing the energy channel, acupuncture, acupressure, and, and once your energy channels are unclogged, you do feel a, a resurgence and a regeneration of everything, of energy, yeah, especially energy. Energy. I agree so, with that. I have a deep tissue massage therapist appointment every week, literally every week out here, right. um, because I, I it, it came to my my attention. I I went to one of these continuing education classes mm -hmm. and the, the teacher said did you know that bob hope every day of his life got a deep tissue massage every day without without mm -hmm. fail and I he know. lived to almost be 100 yeah. um they said somebody else they cited another famous i think i think it was john wayne but john wayne died early but john wayne also had a massage therapist that followed him around and he had a massage every day Wow. But due to his chain smoking, that I mean, that was you can't do anything about that. Right. Well, but, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to put off back surgery, so I'm managing I'm managing a really bad back. Yeah, so, you uh, want you want to you don't want to do that if you, unless you absolutely positively. Yeah, I'm, have I'm trying to manage it. So yeah, and, yeah. Um, I found this lady um, through a friend of mine that I was doing business with, and he he saw me one day when I was having a really rough day with my back. And he just felt sorry for me. And so he sent me, uh, he, he buys um, these massage therapy appointments in, in bulk. And so he sent me one of his as a gift, right? He's like, you got to try this gal. She's amazing. And I've been seeing her every week ever since. So a couple of years now, yeah. She's an absolute, absolute blessing. So 
So let's talk about the book for a second. So you write a book called A Life Well Lived. Correct. Tell us about it. Again, Life Well Lived was basically the, the biography of my mother. Right. And I also have my first, in the toy box, the first book that talks about my experiences in the field. Oh, okay. And, and, and the next one I'm doing, I'm currently doing, if I ever get my ass up and, and, and really work on it, is <laughs> uh, it, it, about my experiences at corporate. So Yeah. But, so tell yeah. us about that. Tell us about that. What? So you're currently working on a new book. And right. what's, what's the title? In the Plastic Toy Box. The first okay. book was In the Toy Box. And by the time I went to corporate, wooden toy boxes got obsolete, became obsolete in, yeah. in favor of molded plastic. So right. unfortunately, it's in the plastic toy box. Okay. It's not that people there were plastic. Some people were, but yeah. the majority of them were not. They, yeah. they absolutely let you know at any point in time what they were feeling. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's so you're so you're going to talk about your experiences. Right? Yes. yes. So is there some advice in there? Is there something in there that, or or can you not talk about it yet? No, no, absolutely. Um, I talk about the the people I've met, the people, the average everyday people I work with. Um, you know, I don't want to insult anybody, so I don't, I don't, I do it in a, in a comic way, I hope. Yeah. Um, the first book, I didn't really use correct names, real actual names. This book, I, I think I'll, I, I'm thinking of using first names. Okay. <laughs> and those people will know who they are if they read the book. Right. Um, but yeah, my, my job, well, I went in as an ad manager. It changed to marketing manager. It changed from marketing manager to branding manager. The function never changed, but the title right. changed. Right. Um, and the problem at the end, and my reasoning for Toys R Us going down the tubes, um, first of all, they were purchased by three different companies who did it basically for the properties that we own. Mm -hmm. But most of those, pro and again, I don't know why they don't do so the, the research behind it, mm -hmm. uh, ended up being in you know, areas that you would not want to go into you know, right. as, a, as a parent or a mom or whatever. It, you know, it, back when they were instituted, they were uh, family areas and whatever. Mm -hmm. But now these are inner city areas or, or whatever. So we owned a lot of properties like that, that were, basically were not did not match i guess the sales projections you know of these companies um we had ceos who were hired to do a specific job mm -hmm. and the hell with the overall functioning of the company yeah. uh which again is a wrong strategy for anybody because yeah. they have their golden parachutes when they leave and everybody else has nothing yeah but that you know that those were the strategies back then yeah. But as far as me, I, uh, it, 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 you have to make friends and contacts. And I, I worked with lots of movie companies and all the reps were just wonderful people to work with. And again, they want something from you, yeah. but it, it was nice to feel like, you know, they were supporting you. Yeah. Um, I met a lot of celebrities 
Um, one of my favorites is Howie Mandel. And oh, at, yeah. that po- at, at that point, he did two programs for, for, for me at Toys R Us. Um, and the first program was when he was into the germaphobe thing and, and the fist bumps and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm honored that he gave me a hug, a, sh- a handshake and whatever. Then oh. the second time he did um, another program uh, called Jeffrey's Reading Railroad. Mm-hmm. And it was a reading program, and we had opened the Broadway store at that point in time, so it was at the store, you know. And he had his personal assistant that went everywhere with him. They were both wonderful, you know, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we walked across the street. I mean, he shook my again, shook my hand when we departed and whatever. And he listened. You usually people in my position, since I'm not a director, I was never a vice president. I wasn't. I was just Sal. Right. And sitting down at dinner with Sal, and he would talk about what's going on at Toys R Us. And I, again, he had something in the back of his mind. I guess he was trying to you know, find out. But and I look, I look at him and he's actually like looking at me. Mm-hmm. And that's struck me like a, a lot of these so quote unquote celebrities, you know, they're, they're not really listening to what you're saying yeah. if it wasn't what they wanted to hear. Yeah. Um, and another guy was Ed McMahon. He came Ooh. to Toys R Us because he wanted to do a star, a star search type of program at our stores. Yeah, I love um, Ed McMahon. Uh, oh, he's a wonderful guy. And he, and he he has the whole family involved in whatever he does. So his wife was there. She was, she was, I guess, the marketing person at that point. And it was Christmas time. So I always make Christmas cookies and I happen to have a batch you know, around my office. So I brought them into the meeting. You know, he had a sample. He loved his cookies. So he had a sample of everything. And then we're waiting for our our senior vice president of the department. At that point was a branding, you know, vice president. Mm-hmm. So he was into branding. Um, and I, I said, well, you didn't hear, yeah, I preface it. You didn't hear from me. Mm-hmm. But I think this is what you're going to hear from our vice president. Mm-hmm. Don't, you, don't you know the minute the vice president came in? Yes, I was telling me all about what we're going to hear from you today. <laughs> <laughs> and and his, ah. wife, his wife kicked him under the table. Like, like oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's awesome, man. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah, Mandel's always been one of my favorite people. I've always been a huge fan of his. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So in the book, you're going to talk about those things, those no getting. Yeah, yeah, incidences okay. like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I handle grand openings and grand reopenings. We change your register system in the store. We have a grand reopening. Well, nobody, nobody health cares about your register system as long as you get them out of the store. That you know it competently and you know quickly that's all they care about but it goes in one area out the other so we had we always had grand reopenings and stuff so i you know we had to get costumes from vendors um try to get barbie there was a barbie incident again with this branding manager um so we always hired they gave us all the barbie costumes but we always had to get the barbie person to be barbie and at some point we used an agency in atlanta with with a, a wonderful lady in charge of it, and uh, she was she was basically done hiring the models to be Barbie. Mm-hmm. So of course it's like ten thousand dollars at that point to use the agency. Yeah. 
And then Mattel talks to our, our VP and said, well, we want to be responsible for hiring the models. Mm-hmm. So our $10,000 theoretically went down the tubes because then they took over hiring the models for themselves, but they used the same lady. Oh, wow. So she ended up getting double paid for the same. And you couldn't you couldn't like talk to the people at Mattel or let them really did you realize what you're doing? Yeah. This is the same lady you hot you're gonna hire, but no, so she ended up making like twenty five thousand dollars of which good for her. Exactly. <laughs> it's like exactly that this type of type of stupidity that exists. It's like well, apparently you Mattel had the up. money, right? So it might as well go in her pocket. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and she and she was she, yeah, and she's she's a wonderful lady. She's like, why are they doing this? Yeah. Why are they why are they doing this to me? I said, I don't know. But, this is yeah. gonna be a great book you're writing. So show us, show us the two books, show us Life Well Lived and in the toy box. Is that right? In the toy. This is Life Well Lived. This is Life my well mom. Lived. That's your mom. Dina. Dina. Right. And in the toy box. In the toy box. And then the new one is in the plastic toy box. Correct. Okay. So the two that you've written are available on Amazon. Yes. And you're going to send us the link and we'll put it in the description. And okay. then the, the third one you're writing is in the plastic toy box. And yes. it will be available once you get up off your, what you said, posterior, right? Your <laughs> right? Right? And get it finished. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for you, buddy. I know you'll get it finished. I hope so. Well, Sal, I, I cannot thank you enough for being our guest on the Michael Litton Experience. This oh, is been, a lot of fun. I have thoroughly enjoyed our time together. I am so excited for you and your new book, and I'm so excited for your future. This new book's going to be really cool. I'm looking forward to it. So make sure you send us that link, and I hope you have an amazing day today. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Appreciate for you, buddy. Bye-bye. Great to meet you. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Mike Litton Experience. If you did, do us a favor, smash that subscribe button, tell your friends, family, and coworkers about our program, and wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us a rating. It helps us to connect with quality people just like you. And that's a wrap. Another episode of the Mike Litton Experience in the books. Reach out to Mike on Instagram at Litton Realty. Want to meet with Mike? Check out calendly.com slash Rio 760.